Friday, August 11th, and I'm in a really good mood. I hope you are too. Welcome. It's great to have you here back on the Damon Bruce Show. Only coming to you on the plus these days, but oh, more could be happening. More is happening. Things are happening. We'll have announcements coming up soon. I am heading to Las Vegas this weekend. We'll get into that in just a little bit. Obviously, the 49ers are one of the reasons why I'm going. Um, and I'll tell you, Jimmy Garoppolo, God bless our handsome Prince Eric, now the Prince of Las Vegas. Uh, Jimmy still has that Bay Area media eaten right out of the palm of his hand. Does he not? Have you seen the Mike Silver article in the San Francisco Chronicle, which came out yesterday? Anyone who's just had the chance to be like, hey, Jimmy, it's so good to see you again. <laughs> Running around, giving him hugs. <laughs> oh, I can't even imagine how much fun Jimmy is having in Las Vegas, right? I mean, seriously, like if, if he hasn't reached that spot in his life where he's looking for a little love and he's still looking for a little nookie, I mean, this is a man who has dated porn stars in the past. So like, you know, he's got some self-confidence, obviously. Um, I, I wonder, is Jimmy just draping himself in like strippers and high price call girls, which, you know, he's got like an endless supply of money for that. If that's what he wants to do, maybe he's looking for love. I don't know how much real love you can actually find in Las Vegas, but you know, they brought Jimmy to Las Vegas to, to, to find open receivers. So we'll see if he can do that in the season. Uh, in the preseason, in these Niners joint practices, you know, mixed reviews for all quarterback play. That's all we get. And look at it this way. It doesn't matter. None of this really counts. So everyone calm down. You know what I want, though? Here's what I want. I want 49ers fans to allow themselves to just look back at the Jimmy G era a little more fondly than they certainly looked at it while it was actually happening, right? I mean, it, here's a guy who, look, if the what-ifs are what defines your tenure, you don't play the what-if game with guys that sucked, right? Like, just wanting to play the what-if game around Garoppolo means he was pretty good, and he was. He really was. Um, you know, when he was there, when he was in the huddle, when he was healthy, the 49ers won a lot of football games. And then we'd have the people who want to pick apart how they won those games. It's because of their defense. It's because of the offense. It's because of Kyle Shanahan. Look, it all goes in the mix together. You know, Jimmy can't be solely responsible for all the losses that you hated and not responsible at all for all the winning that he actually enjoyed when he was out there. And but for a throw or two multiple Super Bowl appearances, but for a throw, maybe even a Super Bowl victory, which had he connected, he's still your quarterback probably at this particular time. It's it really is a fascinating chapter, which everyone spent so much time just screaming about as it was happening. I wonder if we're ever going to sit back and actually say, hey, you know, the bottom line is, did you win a Super Bowl or not? But that's not the only storyline to go with. People who want to frame everything as you won a championship. It was a good year. You didn't win a championship. It was a bad year are the least interesting media members that you can go out there and find. They're the least interesting audience members you could possibly talk to. 
there's so much more nuance of what goes into a good year or a bad year. And, and, and Jimmy is a guy that is, is hard to understand, but boy, that handsome SOB still got the mediating out of the palm of his hand because when he's at the lectern, he's perfect. He's never said a bad thing about a teammate. He's never said a bad thing about a coach. He's never said a bad thing about Tom Brady, the Patriots. He's never said a bad thing about Bill Belichick. He's never said a bad thing about Kyle Shanahan, uh, Trey Lance getting you know uh, uh, the, his his replacement drafted while he was about to have a what he thought was going to be a good year where the team was recommitting to him. I mean, there were a lot of reasons for Jimmy to have left the 49ers embittered as hell, and he didn't. He's still got that smile. He's still got that cash. He's Going to look great in a Raider uniform. I don't know if he's going to play great. You know, the debate of, well, who's better, Derek Carr or Jimmy Garoppolo? To me, the answer was clearly Derek Carr. Other people want to make an argument that it was a Jimmy Garoppolo. Let, let's find out. Let's find out. It's going to be a very interesting football season. These joint practices, by the way, have come and gone, um, you know, with without much incident. Although, look, Shanahan said that Dre Greenlaw didn't finish practice on Thursday because of a hamstring injury. Look, you can set your clock by the Dre Greenlaw hamstring injury. That guy felt like he got hurt in seven, eight, nine of the games that they played last year. There he is on the field. There he is getting treatment. And, oh, what do you know? After you said, geez, that looks bad, there he is back in the game. Uh, but obviously approaching everything with caution is the right thing to do in training camp. Defensive end Drake Jackson dealing with a hamstring injury as well. And Ray Ray McLeod is the biggest training camp injury so far. All due respect to Ray Ray, if that's the only training camp injury that the 49ers have that really is going to buy weeks from a guy's season, I'll take that deal right now. You know, I would have sacrificed Ray Ray McLeod on the who got injured altar ahead of a lot of guys, right? Ray Ray is a vital part of the return game, obviously, uh, but he's not the only guy who can do that. He's made some razzle-dazzle plays. He doesn't get the ball very much, but when he does, it feels like he does something with it. Um, had Larry Kruger on, what was it, Tuesday, Wednesday, he joined us here on the Plus, and I asked him, I said, who's the one guy on this team that you think fans should really start paying attention to? And it's like he almost spoke the name into existence, Deshaun Jameson, who played at Texas. He brought back 54 kick returns for 1,435 yards for an average of over 26 yards per return and two touchdowns. He returned 44 punts for 368 yards. That's almost an eight-and-a-half-yard average. He brought back one for a touchdown to the house as well. So, Look, it's a next man up league, and it feels like the 49ers got a legit next man up in Deshaun Jameson that could spell the Ray Ray McLeod injury. It looks like he's going to miss um, two months uh, as he recovers from wrist surgery. So good luck to Ray Ray and good luck to whoever the understudy is. And there's Larry Kruger giving us an eye to keep a name, uh, a name to keep an eye on Deshaun Jameson. So there you go. Keep an eye on that. Uh, the interesting stories that have come out of training camp practices where, I don't know, maybe it's because coaches get on the road for the first time and I don't know if that loosens them up or they feel like, well, you know, I'm not standing in the same room that I'm always giving 
my press conference is in, so it feels a little less informal. Uh, Kyle Shanahan was joking around about how their interview process with Max Crosby was a little confrontational. And, uh, you know, they apologized for acting like dicks to him. That was kind of funny. Got some chuckles. Another thing that he talked about, which I thought was really interesting, was that Kyle Shanahan had Philip Rivers on speed dial if the Niners had actually reached the Super Bowl last year, had they figured out a way to get out of that NFC championship game with a win, still not having quarterbacks at the end of it, Phillip Rivers would have been signed and was either going to be backing up a is now ready to play Jimmy Garoppolo or might have even started the Super Bowl. And wouldn't that have been? like an official historical footnote. Hey, the first game ever for quarterback with Team X is he's playing the Super Bowl? That would have been freaking fascinating. Uh, glad it didn't happen. It also feels like a, a uh, you know, a, a good way to lose a Super Bowl. Phillip Rivers never made it to a Super Bowl in his career, and he would have been thrown into a Super Bowl on a team that he had nothing to do with getting there. That's an awful lot of confidence from Kyle Shanahan. Nick Wagner of ESPN is the guy who broke the stories there where Kyle said he was prepared to. It's the stuff we talked about throughout the whole year. We would have had to have seen how it was for the Super Bowl, but that was the plan for most of the year. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, too bad that that didn't happen. That would have been freaking fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. Phillip Rivers, one game, 49ers. Here's the deal. What if Phillip Rivers had stepped out of retirement, played in, and won the Super Bowl? Is, is he back? Is he signing a contract with the 49ers? Who the hell knows? But Phillip Rivers, what has he got, like 10 kids now? How about a sip of the day right there, right off the bat? Tasty. Mm-hmm. By the way, sipping out of an Ike's mug, again, playing that fast, loose, and reckless uh, here in my own studio, drinking a, a beverage without a lid on it. Shame on me. I'm breaking a lot of radio laws by doing that. Uh, let me thank my sponsors. I got Ike right here. I got Ike the cardboard cutout. I got Ike the graphic, and uh, we got Ike's. Ike's, thank you so much for being a great sponsor. If you are interested in a delicious sandwich, you order one from Ike's. He's got two new premium sandwiches, Wagyu beef pastrami sandwich. Hello. I'm going to be trying one of those soon. There's an Ike's in Vegas. Maybe I'll swing by to one of those. Uh, when I am in Vegas, there will be some cocktails. I will ask for blackened whiskey. I'm going to spread the word. Blackened needs to be behind the bar every bar that I go to. Come on. Get the blackened whiskey behind the bar. Uh, black and whiskey is fantastic. You're going to absolutely love it. Make sure you pick up a bottle as you get ready for football season. And let me tell you about our friends at uncle boys. Uncle Boys is a delicious inner Richmond burger shop on Balboa and Fourth. They had a break-in this week. I've seen Plucers rallying, giving business to Uncle Boys. Go ahead and take care of Uncle Boys. Eat there this weekend. And then probably don't drive any further west because, what, outside lands this weekend? So, yeah, this is, av av avoid, the, avoid the, the, the park, Golden Gate Park. But get yourself to Uncle Boy's on Balboa and Forth. You order a burger, you order the lumpia, you order the onion rings, and you'll be very happy that you did. And you'll be taking care of a great local business, which had a little 
tough luck come its way with a break-in. And again, the break-in didn't do much damage. They didn't get away with much, but small family business restaurants operate on the smallest of margins. So go give Uncle Boys a great weekend. I'd love it if you could. Take care of me by taking care of my sponsors. And boy, we might be getting ourselves a new sponsor in Las Vegas. And I'm heading to Vegas this weekend, baby. Here's what's great. Not only do I actually get to Vegas, right? That's fun enough. But going to Vegas and leaving on Saturday afternoon, this is going to make me sound like a horrible father, but I really mean this. Um, It's going to get me out of my kid's party earlier than I would have normally been allowed. We've got the Jack and Ozzy combined birthday party happening in our backyard on Saturday. It starts like 2, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I have to get to the airport around 5 for my 6.30, 7 o'clock flight to Vegas. So I finally have a get-out-of-jail-free card from the kids' birthday party. Yes. Look, I love my kids, but... Like 15 screaming under five-year-olds in my backyard. I, 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 that's a lot. That's a lot. So I got that going for me. I'm really looking forward to seeing the big Roomba that is Allegiant Stadium. I cannot wait to give you a little tour. We're going to be posting videos. We're going to be making announcements and new sponsorships. As Postgame and Damon sets a sale this fall for the first time in a long time. When you're looking for 49ers postgame, you come right here to YouTube, and we will be serving it up better than anyone historically. That's kind of how I put my name on the map. And here we go once again. Postgame and Damon has come back to life. Uh, hopefully while I'm also in Las Vegas, uh, I hit like a wheel of fortune progressive and, and win like 200 million. That would be great. And, and look, we're, we're going to keep on doing the plus, but here's the deal. We're going to, we're going to get Steven Spielberg to direct the plus. Um, we're going to have fish playing like the opening, uh, um, op- opening song, closing song. Um, I'm, I'm dead serious. If I hit a $200 million progressive, I am going to go to the Eventbrite sign-up, and everyone who is at Plus Mania 1, you're all getting $100,000. I told you, being there early for me meant a lot to me. If I get a $200 million progressive jackpot, everyone's cashing in who is at Plus Mania 1. So root for me. Uh, I'll also be buying up all the ad time on 95.7 The Game and running commercials exclusively for KNBR just because I'm that kind of vengeful guy. Um, let's see. I'm also going to go ahead and get uh, an au pair for the family. Not for the kids, but like a nice au pair of big, bouncy Swedish boobies to, to take care of me. To just take care of me, like pat me on my head, cool me down when I'm a little, you know, hot outside. Um, Yeah, you know, what about an au pair for an adult? Sounds like a really good idea. I've already talked to Jillian about this. She's on board with all of it. She's she's like, whatever it takes. She's just, just, she's like, this woman's got self-confidence. She doesn't care. (laughs) An au pair for a 48-year-old man. I think it's a great idea. I think it's a really good idea. What's that? Hold on. Hold, come here, honey. Jillian just walked by. Get get in here. Get in here. Get in. You if you want to, you shouldn't have crashed the show if you didn't want to appear. Get in here. I'm making a pirate ship. Don't interrupt the show unless you're willing to be on it. 
Jillian doesn't want to come in to tell you that the au pair clearance has been given, but I got, it's got to be 200 mil. So root for me. I'm $200 million short of a big bouncy pair of Swedish boobs entertaining me at all times. Root for your boy. Root for your boy. <laughs> uh, let's see. Let's see. What else we got going on here on a Friday after? By the way, you're not going to believe where I am heading when this show. So before we get into Club Plus, I'll tell you where I'm going with Jillian and my mom when this show is over. You would, you If I gave you 100 guesses, you wouldn't get it. If I gave you a hundred guesses, you would not get it. Uh, biggest 18 game stretch for the San Francisco Giants since 2001 begins tonight. I know that that sounds very random, but this is really what it is. Whatever the Giants are about to be, it will be proven over the next 18 games. They're closing out August, but with nothing but kind of baseball heavyweights. Starting tonight, Bruce Bochy being back in town, three with the Rangers, then three with the Rays, all at home. Then there's a six-game road trip that takes them through Atlanta and Philadelphia. The Giants then come on back for three more against the Braves and then three games against the Reds, and that's how they close out August. Every single opponent between now and September 1st, as of right now, is in first or second place in their own division. Every single team on the schedule fancies itself a postseason contender. And if the Giants are going to be that, we'll find out in the next 18 games what they look like. They've recalled Elio Ramos back up, so we'll see. Uh, Grant Brisby wrote that Ramos has been raking in AAA over the past month. Since returning to the Sacramento River Cats on July 3rd, he slashed 330, 377, 650, uh, six home runs and 106 plate appearances. He was hitting 400 in August. Again, but fitting 400 in August when the Giants recalled him. So a little help and another you know, familiar young name, hopefully working himself into the mix and staying there and staying there. It'd be fascinating if, you know, he ends up being a big part of this. Uh, the biggest story of the last two weeks, I really think the biggest story, though, of the entire summer has been the disintegration of the Pac-12. Now, I hinted at it on the day when Kruger came on, and then I got kind of lost in a Larry conversation, but leave it to Chip Kelly for saying something that just makes so much sense. It's too dad bad that we couldn't have hopped back in a time machine and made it all happen. Uh, Chip Kelly basically said, look, Notre Dame is an independent in football, but they're in a conference for everything else. Why don't we all just become independent in football? You take the 64 teams from the Power Five, you make that one division. You take the other 64 teams in a group of five, you make that another division. And then we play for a championship. They play for a championship, and no one else gets affected. Our sport is different than everyone else. We only play once a week. Travel's not that big a deal for football, but it is a big deal for other sports. Chip frickin' Kelly. Bullseye. Too bad Chip Kelly was the head coach of UCLA and not the commissioner of the Pac-12. He might have been able to figure that one out. John Kinzano, who, along with John Wilner, are probably the two guys who spent the most time deeply covering the Pac-12 since I've been out here on the West Coast. John Kinzano on Substack wrote some just fascinating things about how it all fell apart. And I want to share some of that with you right now. 
The downfall of the Pac-12, writes John, should be used as a case study for business schools and leadership courses. It's a tale laced with hubris, strategic mistakes, and mistrust. The Pac-12, as we once know it, is gone. As we once knew it, is gone. And here's what is just so damning. Because had they just said yes to this, had they just said yes to this, the Pac-12 still exists. You can talk about a sequence of decisions, a sequence of good choices, bad choices, two commissioners in a row, mistrusting commissioners, greed amongst the chancellors. Had they just agreed to this, the Pac-12 as you know it exists. In 2022, the Pac-12 got an offer of $30 million per school from ESPN. It included all the conference media rights, including the Pac-12 network. Again, the Pac-12 network, which was never seen on anywhere because it wasn't picked up. ESPN made of, you know, served it up to you on one of their channels. The conference presidents and chancellors believed that they could do much better. The board instructed George Klyakov to reject ESPN's proposal and make a lopsided counteroffer, thinking like they went low, let's reject it, we'll go high, and we'll meet somewhere in the middle. Well, the commissioner should have pushed back on that and managed expectations in the room better. He should have been more tuned in to the eroding media landscape, and Klyakov decided to follow the order, and the consequences were grave. John Kinzano said the source that he was talking to that leaked this information to him, a high-level uh, college source, said... You know what we told ESPN after their $30 million per school offer? What? What'd you tell them? We said we wanted $50 million per school. What did ESPN say in their response? They said goodbye. $30 million a school and the conference is still intact. Are you making as much as the Big Ten, the Big 12, the SEC? Well, here's the thing. You would have taken the Big 12's media deal from them. You would have been on ESPN. It would have grown into something bigger down the road. It would have been enough money to continue to get this Pac-12 better than it really was. But, you know, as much as you can boil it down to that one decision, I saw someone make this comment on, on Twitter that I just thought was so relevant I wrote it down. While every other conference was focused on getting bigger, better, and stronger in the past 12 years, the Pac-12 and its leadership did nothing while we all sat there and saw stadiums empty out, unsold seats in corners, just about every stadium, and fall behind in every aspect of major sports. The, the basketball fell behind. The football fell behind. But hey, Look at water polo. Water polo's doing well. Isn't that great? Because all sports matter. That's the thing. The Pac-12 bought the bullshit that said all these sports matter. Even though there are two revenue sports and everyone else is running in a red, all of these student athletes are created equal. All of it matters just as much as football and basketball. And we're going to conduct business as such. You morons. You morons ever go to a, 
a, a woman's softball game, you can almost draw everyone's family tree being directly related to every single person that bought a ticket to see that. I'm not trying to be rude. I'm not trying to be crude. But there are sports that matter and there are sports that don't. And the Pac-12 allowed their decisions to be driven by the sports that don't matter. Idiots. Hubris. Greed. Distrust. Poor communication. It's, it all gets baked into the pie of why it all fell apart. It's the single, not only is it the biggest story of the summer, it's probably the biggest story of the entire sports year. It really is. I mean, there's, there's several months of this year still to come. The football hasn't even started yet. But as far as I'm concerned, when we go to pack the time capsule of 2023, what is the biggest sports story of the year? A once great conference of champions was reduced to four teams. Two of them spend an awful lot of time sniffing their own farts so much that they don't even care about sports as much as they could or should or might have. I'm talking about you, Cal, and Stanford. Got a little NBA news to share with you this afternoon. Uh, the Warriors we have found will be opening their season October 24th at home chase center against the Phoenix suns. Now, obviously you got the Kevin Durant storyline there, but even as more interesting, maybe now is the Chris Paul storyline. And I can tell you one thing, Steve Kerr might not have decided to have Chris Paul be a starter, but that game just did. There's no way. Steve Kerr gets off on a disrespectful relationship, sitting Chris Paul and bringing him off the bench for the very first time in his entire career against the team that just embarrassed him and said, we're moving on from you. No way. Steve knows enough about how teams work, how guys, you know, function to not do that. So I can guarantee you with this game being scheduled, Chris Paul will be a starter for the Golden State Warriors. Guaranteed. Guaranteed he'll be starting on opening night. Uh, the only other thing we know about the Warriors' schedule, Shams shared that the Warriors are going to be at the Nuggets on Christmas Day. We obviously got a 49ers game on Christmas Day as well, so there's going to be a, a flip back and forth tug of war going on right there. The 40, or excuse me, the Warriors are signing NBA G League top rebounder Jace Johnson. He was uh uh, a uh, He's on a training camp exhibition 10 deal, according to The Athletic. The seven-foot center averaged nearly six points per game and seven rebounds per game in July Summer League and will compete for a two-way slot in camp. So we'll see if that guy is a part of this upcoming year, but the... There's an admission right there that the, the Warriors realize we need to get a little bit bigger. We need to get guys in here who can pull down some rebounds and got a little size to them. One more NBA story for you. Former Warriors general manager, 
Bob Myers apparently is nearing a deal with ESPN to provide coverage on NBA Countdown as an analyst. The only thing I can tell you is NBA Countdown has become the most disposable, no true information, don't even bother watching it pregame show out there. And Bob Myers is good enough and talented enough, smart enough and connected enough to maybe be the lifeline that saves that show. It was awful. It was awful. And you can talk, you know, like Jalen Rose was good, but they didn't use him in the right way. And then they got Stephen A. Smith screaming about his bullshit and doing more to promote his podcast and actually discussing the NBA. You know, Mike Wilbon is is a really good and interesting guy, but captivating uh, doing NBA pregame is, is not what he's best at, to be totally honest with you. So there you go, Bob Myers. What's the next hat he's going to wear? A broadcaster's hat. Bob, I'm just going to tell you right now, getting into broadcasting in 2023 is perilous. Good luck. Welcome to the Dope Show. But it'll give us something to talk to Bob about, and hopefully we'll get him here on the plus soon. Uh, two final stories before I tell you where I'm heading, and we head into Club Plus on a Friday afternoon. Uh, rest in peace to a former Cal great. TMZ reported that Sean Dawkins has passed away. He was a consensus All-American in Berkeley back in 1992. He was inducted into the Cal Athletics Hall of Fame in 2005, and he dies just 52 years old. God, 52 years old? I'll be 52 in four years. That is way too young. Uh, no details of how he passed have been announced. He was a first-round pick by the Colts in 1993, seven-year NFL career, which is a long NFL career. Uh, very, very sad news. Sean Dawkins, I mean, I remember him. You probably do, too. Got to end the show on a happier note than that on a Friday. So I can tell you, uh, this is. Are, are you ready to feel a little bit old? 39 years ago today, August 11th, 1984, the song Ghostbusters by Ray Parker Jr. hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100. It held the top spot for three straight weeks. Who are you going to call? Ghostbusters. Now, if you're old enough to remember, Huey Lewis actually sued Ray Parker Jr. for plagiarism, alleging that, uh, alleging that Parker ripped off the beat, the baseline from I Want a New Drug. And they are wildly similar. They really, really are to the point where after the lawsuit was filed, it was settled out of court in 1985 for an undisclosed sum of money. So Ray Parker Jr. can say, well, you know, the song, the song was a hit. And whenever a song's a hit, the lawyers come on out. Yeah, okay, I'll, I'll cede that to you if you also cede to me that the baseline from I Want a New Drug and freaking Ghostbusters are almost identical, for goodness sakes. I want a new drug when it won't make me sick. Who are you going to call? Ghostbusters. I mean, come on. We know what you did. We know what you did, Ray Parker Jr.
Look, we're glad that you did it. Ghostbusters was was a hit. <laughs> a hit. Hit in the movie theaters as well. And that brings me to my destination in an hour from right now. You'll never guess where I'm going. You'll you'd never guess. Let's let me quickly open up the chat. Uh, see if anyone wanted to actually venture a guess as to where I must be going. Uh, let's see. I'm going to scroll all the way down. Anyone got a guess? Um, Damon, thank you for singing. Keep it in the shower. The Shaw. Thank, thank you very much. The Shaw. I appreciate it. Not even in the. Oh, not. Oh, I thought it was keep it in the shower. You want more? Dun, 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 dun. This is what you're here for. Tyler Schroeder, Ghostbuster analysis. Where else are you getting? You're not getting that on KNBR. You're not getting that on 95.7. You're not getting that on Barstool. You're not getting that on ESPN. There's a reason why we exist for the Ghostbuster analysis you so desperately need. Damon, are you going to a bar? No. Uh, Damon, uh, that's from Baron Red. This is from Rockin' New Era 84. Damon, you going to Radnich's house? No, no, I'm not. Ernie says, Damon, you going to the gold club? No, Kim, Kim Schaefer. Damon, you going to Alcatraz? No. <laughs> Mooncalf, my buddy Dan says, you going to the gym or a vasectomy appointment? First of all, vasectomy appointment has already been filled and so is the bill. There will be no more new children and I'm not going to a gym. Come on, we know that. Damon, you going to play golf? No. Vegas? Look, Chef A, we are going to Vegas, but we're leaving tomorrow. Not going to that. And oh my God, one of you actually got it and leave it to the postman. Oy, oy, oy! You got me. You're going to see Barbie. I probably tipped it when I said Jillian and Mom are involved. Oh, give Nate some Nate Nathaniel was in there first. Nathaniel, if we had a cash prize, it would be you today winning that. Yeah, I'm going to see Barbie. I'm go If you would have told me, Damon, you're going to see Barbie before you see Oppenheimer, I would have said no chance. But here we are. Both my mom and my wife really want to go, and the kids are in daycare right now, so we got this little window to do it, and we're doing it because a billion dollars of box office can't be wrong. Margot Robbie... Hot supper. I'll go watch a movie of hers, no doubt. So, yeah, I'm in. Barbie, I'm not wearing pink. I refuse. I told Jillian, I said, I'm not wearing pink. I'll go to Barbie. That's enough. I've done my part right there, just getting in there. I'm not wearing pink. I'm looking forward to it. I heard it's a good movie. And I've avoided any and all spoilers. No spoilers, everyone. Don't know what happens. Uh, but I'm going to Barbie. And I really mean this. This is going to be the first time I've walked into a movie theater since 2019. And that has nothing to do with COVID or the pandemic or being scared to sit in an audience or anything like that. Have yourself some kids. Nothing prevents. Look, I hardly have time for a half hour episode of a Seinfeld rerun, much less a movie, much less going to a movie. Like, if Jillian and I ever arrange a little childcare coverage, we're not going out for a movie. We're like, oh, my God, let's go to a bar. Let's go to a restaurant. Let's go to a bar. Let's act like an adult. Let's talk to each other for a minute. Yeah, True Blue Forever. What? Yeah, Barbie, you got me. 
Ray Lord was like, Damon, you going to the weed store? I am the weed store. The ganja jar is full, baby. <laughs> Levi Stadium Tour? Again, that would have been a great... You didn't expect me there. <laughs> going to Barbie. Yeah, no, see, here you go. Mike and San Bruno, time to break out your pink outfit. I got a pink dress shirt. I'm not putting on a pink dress shirt to go to Barbie. Chef A saying, look, it's awesome. Enjoy. Drew down, bust out the pink Adidas tracksuit. <laughs> I don't have one, one of those. There will be a Barbie review. There's one last thing I officially need to tell you about, Kim, and everyone listening. Monday's show is going to be in prime time. I'm going to be flying back from Las Vegas at about 10 in the morning. So we're not going to be here to do a live show at 11 a.m. on Monday. So we'll be doing something in the afternoon. Keep an eye on the YouTube channel. We'll put a thumbnail up. We'll tell you when it's coming. But Daddy's going to be traveling at around 11. So we're going to have ourselves, what, Monday night, Monday, Monday night plus ball? I think we're going to have some Monday night plus ball. So there we go. Smiley Dan saying, hey, Damon, a faded Indiana shirt could look pink. Yeah, you're right. It could. It could. All right. You ready to hop into a little Club Plus here, actually? Are you ready? I hope you are. Thank you so very, very much for tuning in all week. Again, keep an eye on YouTube because we're going to be putting up some shorts. We're going to be putting up some videos from Las Vegas. And who knows, might even be hopping on to do a little uh, review of Allegiant Stadium and what we see in that preseason game from Las Vegas. So keep an eye out for what's happening on Sunday. We're going to be coming back together for Monday Night Plus Ball. And then uh, it should be standard operating procedure the rest of the week. Next week, thank you so much for being a part of this week. Please, uh, well, well, hey, you know, one one last thank you to everyone who came out to Plus Mania last Saturday. It meant so much to me and my entire family. Uh, I think it meant a little to you guys, too. We're bringing, building a little community together over here, and it's kind of awesome. I'm asking this little community to do right by my friend at Uncle Boys. Go ahead and give them your business after a break-in this weekend. You take care of me by taking care of my sponsors. Go ahead and make Uncle Boys right. Thank you very much. My buddy Dan. Ken is a eunuch. We knew that. We always knew that. And on that note, Sports don't build character. They reveal it. And like that, whew, he's gone.